Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. Hello, and welcome to Boarding Party. We are continuing our celebration of Harry Potter's impending birthday. That's right. We are talking about Harry Potter today, and I am very excited because our guest is the very, very funny Elise Morales. Elise is a writer for Betches, and she also plays Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez on Cartoon President. So, you know, you know, we're going to get a little political toward the end. So if that's your thing, keep listening. If it's not, keep listening because we are two women who have things to say. Okay, but first we are, in fact, going to talk about Harry Potter. Elise, I'm very excited to talk to you. I'm so excited to be here. Okay, I mean, we'll say it right up top. We're going to be talking about Potter. Ugh. I and this is something I've known about you for mm-hmm. a long time. Yes, that you are a huge fan. I try to I try to brand myself as like maybe the number one Harry Potter comedian. <laughs> I think <laughs> like, you are. Like, I th- I honestly I do believe that I am. Um, yeah. In many in many different ways. I mean, who well, would rival you? Nobody. I don't know. Yeah. I honestly don't know. And I feel like it now is really a good time to be talking about and loving HP because I feel like the fandom has been like much maligned lately. Mm-hmm. And I want I want us I want to celebrate us again. <laughs> I I want to too. And I yes. want to talk specifically, we'll we'll get deep on we'll do like the obvious Potter stuff yes. that you have to do. But I do want to talk because you are very is it fair to say that you are very engaged with the fandom? You're yes. not just a fan. You are engaged with p- other people who love Harry Potter. Yes, I'm engaged with other people who love Harry Potter. I Being a part of the fandom is part of what I love about Harry Potter. And I'm very engaged in like the latest in HP news. Oh, I will say. so like I like to keep in touch, like keep abreast of like what's going on in okay. the world of HP. Okay, <laughs> that is good to know. Yes. So I ask everyone who does the podcast off the bat, do you consider yourself a geek? I don't think I've ever identified as a geek, mainly because Harry Potter has been sort of my number one, like geeky, I guess, thing. Yeah. And I put like sort of all of my like nerd energy into that. Sure. So I don't feel like I have like the breadth of like fandoms to be a true geek, I yeah, guess that's I would fair. say. It's it's pot. It's like geek geek for potter. I would say Obsessed like I'm geek potter. adjacent. Okay, yeah. A friend of the geeks, an ally to geeks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love it. Uh the other potter question you have to ask is yes. what house are you? Gryffindor. Gryffindor. Mm-hmm. Okay. Through right. and through. I know that people are always like, oh everyone says that, but like I really genuinely am yeah. a Gryffindor. And I, think- I have been the whole time. Yeah, I don't think that's, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I think also, I, I maybe this is wrong, but I feel like, especially as adults, yes. there's almost a pride or a resurgence in being like, I'm actually a Ravenclaw. I'm yes. actually a Slytherin. Yes. Like, I, I'm not a Gryffindor, you know? I feel like people hesitate from saying that they're in Gryffindor because mm-hmm. that's what you're, because it's th- thought of as like, that's what you're supposed to say. Yeah. But it's it's genuinely what I feel in my heart. And okay. Okay. as we all know, the sorting hat 
takes what you want into consideration. So yes. I know that if I were to sit in that chair and have the sorting hat placed on my head, I would be like, you need to put me in Gryffindor. And that's kind of all we're going to be talking about right now. Yeah. <laughs> and if you don't, I'll rip you up. Yeah. I'll be pissed. I'll be extremely pissed. <laughs> and we'll get in a big fight. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Gryffindor through and through. So do you remember your first interaction with anything Harry Potter? Was yes. it a book? Was it a movie? Okay. So my godmother bought me the first book. I think I was 11 at mm-hmm. the point that I read the first book, but the first three of them were out, okay. I believe, if I'm remembering correctly. She got it for me. I remember I tried to read it once and I didn't get fast pre- past the first chapter because the first chapter of the first book is that weird chapter about like Uncle Dursley. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Uncle Vernon fucking working. Sorry, am I allowed to curse on this? 100%. Okay, great. I was like, wait, I never asked. Working (laughs) at like the drill bit company and like looking at his window and it's just not. There's no magic. Yeah, it's like such a divergent chapter from anything else. Like I feel like the next time we get something like that is sort of in at the beginning of Goblet of Fire when mm-hmm. we're following the like Frank the Muggle yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. the caretaker at the Riddles like mansion. I feel like that's the next time we get a chapter that's not from Harry's yeah. point of view. And even then that was a dream of Harry's. Anyway. Yeah. Well and also at that point you're like, okay, I've invested enough in this world. Yeah. That sure, I'll I'll go along for this ride. I don't understand what it is, but all right. Yeah. So yeah. note number one, the first chapter yeah. is off. But it's I mean, now when I read it, it's so interesting to me to read like Uncle Vernon seeing being like, oh, the wizards are being active and like seeing people in cloaks on the street and like yeah. knowing now what I know about everything. It's so interesting. But I it lost me completely when I was a kid. Yeah. Then my family went on a road trip and I brought the Harry Potter book because I kept hearing everybody talking about it. And, you know, I'm a slave for trends. So I'm like, I <laughs> I got to give this book another try. So I brought it on this road trip and I read it like through the entire like five hour drive. I just read it like in one sitting. And truly the moment I finished it, I puked in the car from motion sickness. Oh, I was going to. Okay. So Mm -hmm. it was in the back of my mind. I can't even look at my phone in the car. Not. I, I absolutely can't at all. And I powered through. I just read the book anyway. And then as soon as I was done, I vomited all over the backseat. I'm just imagining you being like, I love this book. Yeah. Like a little kid just being like, I truly like, God, no. I truly think I said like, that was awesome. And then just, just like, barfed, barfed barfed Damn it. It truly was bad. Oh. <laughs> but from that moment on, I was hooked. And then I think yeah. I had the second and third one, at, which is which is what makes me say they were all out because I think I got the second and third really shortly after that as gifts and read those. And then I think it was a bit of a wait. So you did have the experience of having to wait. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And that I think is also part of what like burrowed Harry Potter into my life is that like, I, that's what got me involved in the fandom is that waiting yeah. period when I would like go online to like little chat rooms and be like, what do you guys think is going to happen? So that's what I was going to ask is, do you think, because I feel like those in between times now when you can go back and binge things, mm-hmm. there is no like anyone who goes back and watches Game of Thrones now or Harry Potter, anything. Yes. It's like you can have instant gratification. Whereas if you're waiting for the books or even the movies, you've got to find something to feed yes that addiction and that is what drove me to the fandom and great fan fiction okay so which- <laughs> i know that this is i've heard you talk about it i've yes. heard you talk about it in shows yes so how like how did you first discover it do you also i don't do you write 
fan fiction? I mean, not currently, okay, but, but I did. Yes. Right. I was very heavily involved in the fan fiction world because I was so in love with Harry Potter. I was obsessed with it. And there was, especially after Goblet of Fire, because Goblet of Fire is my favorite okay. of the series. It's like, it just has my heart forever. Mm-hmm. Waited for Goblet of Fire. And then the wait for... Um, the wait for Order of the Phoenix, I think, was really long. I'm pretty sure that that one was, like, a very extended wait period. It was the first time I really had to wait. And that was when I started to get involved in, like, reading fan fiction. Fanfiction.net was my, like, favorite. I was going to ask, what's the de- destination? But it was yes. fanfiction.net. Fanfiction.net was okay. my favorite. And then there was also, I can't even, I liked MuggleNet, which was more of, like, a fandom. And, like, I didn't really read fanfiction on there, but I would, like, look up, like, news about when stuff was coming out Yeah. Um, on there. Especially, like, once the movies were coming around and stuff, I would, like, wait for stills and, like, all oh. that stuff on there. Uh, and then I remember there was a website that I can't even begin like I, I don't even know what it was because I'm like I'm remembering even remembering me logging onto it I'm remembering like the oldest computer in my house and like the computer room from like 10 like five houses ago when I'm like really little so it must have been really ancient internet yeah. stuff and it's a it's crazy to remember that there was a time not very long ago where the internet existed but you had to seek this information yes. as opposed to going on Twitter and you're like I please Take this away. Oh, I yeah. don't want to see stills. I don't want to know what's going to happen. You had to know where to go, know how to look for it. Is it real or not? Probably it was because Photoshop wasn't that advanced. But yeah, like that was a thing, having to seek this out. And there was this, uh, so this other website that I can't remember what it was called. I would play like literally a role playing game with other Harry Potter people on it that was just in the form of like a message board where we would have like characters and I would be like, my character is getting ready to go to the dance. I remember those. And then you would make moves sometimes and people would fucking ignore you. And you're like, no, I'm getting ready for the dance. Yeah. Like, (laughs) hey guys, I think we're getting ready for the dance. Yeah. <laughs> but and that was always my move was to be getting ready for the dance because <laughs> I just which is why I loved Goblet of Fire yep. so much because there was finally a damn dance. <laughs> <laughs> You're like I've been getting ready for this dance on the internet for, so for a year. Long. Like, thank for you. So long, please. <laughs> please give me a fucking dance. So that I mean that was what like put me in the fandom and then when I wrote my fan fiction it was in between uh Order of the Phoenix and Half-Blood Prince. Okay. It was in that waiting period and my fan fiction was just Order of the Phoenix, but I was in it and everyone <laughs> wanted to date me. <laughs> it was just the book. Literally large swaths of the book just I typed them out and then I would be no. like and then Elise, well my character's name was Addie, but and okay, then good. Addie said this. <laughs> oh no. Wait, who? So everybody, so like Ron, Harry. Yes. Uh was Draco oh, a potential? Of course. Okay. And is there of one course. is there one that you were like, and he wins? So Harry won Great. Okay. in the end. Okay. But the really big conflict in it was between Harry and George Weasley. They were Ooh. like sort of fighting for mm-hmm. me. Yeah, I always had a thing for the Weasley twins. Mm-hmm. They're like the funny guys, yeah. you know? They're, yeah. they're the improv guys. They are the improv guys. Um, you're like, oh, shut up. But also, mm-hmm, you're funny. <laughs> it's like, oh my God, why are you being so mean to me? <laughs> Stop. Um, so nope. I loved them. Mm-hmm. And um, I chose George. I guess I just had an affinity for George... I don't know. Yeah. Over the two. I guess I kind of knew that Fred was going to go. 
You were like, you seem marked for death. Yeah, I was like, I don't know. I I was like, I have a bad omen about getting involved with you. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there was a conflict between the two. And like Harry and I like didn't get along at first, but then like we learned to get along. Because I would be like, why? I would like call him out on being so moody. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, that was... That was a long fan fiction, too, because it literally, well, I was rewriting a very long book (laughs) and adding more to it, just adding a character to it that was me. Yeah. Did you have a ship other than you and Harry? (laughs) Other than myself and all of the other characters? Yeah. Uh, I shipped Ron and Hermione. So that came came to be eventually. I was sad that Luna and Neville Longbottom didn't happen. I wanted that to happen. I mean, I guess not. They can't just all marry each other. Yeah. But also they can. Yeah, why not? I mean, it's (laughs) a small-ish community. It is a small community. And why not? Like, they're all getting married pretty young anyway, so you would marry your high school sweetheart. Wizards do marry young, huh? Uh, Lily and James are 21 when they died. Whoa. They're 21 when they died. I never put that together. And Harry is one. One. Mm-hmm. So they got married and had a kid before the age of 21. Yeah. Like they probably got married. I don't know exactly the timeline, but it's like you graduate from Hogwarts at 17. Maybe they're married at 18. Wow. Two good years of marriage. And dead. then they've got Harry and then they're yeah. dead. Has anyone ever asked J.K. Rowling, like, why is everyone in the books getting married? Like, pr- even for that time, it's not like this was written 60 years ago. It's like, why? <laughs> so if I remember correctly, Joe has given two answers about this. One, I think, is more, more correct than the others. <laughs> One is that there's a war on. So, like, everyone's getting married young because there's a war. And the other is I do remember an old interview where she was like, I'm just really not good at numbers. And I think I just threw a lot of shit out there and didn't so realize that they weren't going to be 21 and that that's insane and that's really, really young and now they just are 21. And and that to you feels more like, yeah. Yeah, that that feels feels more more real because it's like, it feels more to me like in the early days of her career when she's like, I didn't know this was going to become one of the most iconic children's series of all time. I just sold my wizard book. They're like, what year did all this happen? And she's like, I don't know, 1981. And then she just has to like deal with that. And she just throws out some dates. And then suddenly she, you have a rabid fan base who's like taking notes on every single thing you say. And you realize that the dates you gave don't make sense. And you're like, I well, said that once in a pitch meeting. And like, well, I, these people are clearly in their 30s, but I've said they're 21. Yeah. So what am I doing? So uh, there was a, uh, the war. Um, yeah. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 That makes a lot more sense. Yes. <laughs> so that's what I do believe. Yeah. Um, OK. So so it feels like the fanfic is happening and like the engaging on message boards, whatever. That's like pre pre teen teen. Yes. So is early there, high school. Yeah. Is there like, how does it progress for you? So I think after that, a lot of the Harry Potter energy went into because <laughs> <laughs> I just had so much latent Harry Potter energy. Yeah. It uh, has to go somewhere. I think a lot of it went into now like the movies are in full force. So like the movies are coming out. I can I have like movies to wait for. So like in between the books, you can like get excited about the movies are going to come out now. Not that I wasn't still into the fan fiction universe, but that was my like main fan fiction that I wrote. And then I would like start some and not finish them. And like there were there was like one Marauders fan fiction that I read that I really liked. And I would like keep up with that one for a while. That was like a retail like you know a telling of the marauders story and i thought it was really good and really well written so i really liked that one and i liked marauders prequels in general yeah i like that well two questions does 
Have you ever met any of the people whose fan fiction you read? No, I have no idea anything about them or who they were. Just based on like the quality of this one that I was reading, I think it was like an adult woman who was writing it. But that was like the most interesting thing about the fan fiction world is like you don't really, you could tell if someone was like a middle schooler or whatever writing it. But like when I was, you know, like a high schooler, it was very funny because like you, I would get like reviews or whatever. And I think other high schoolers like me liked it because it was just they would pretend that they were the me character or whatever. But then like adults would review my fan fiction and be really mean to me and be like, you don't know how to spell. And I'm like, I'm 14. Yeah, like (laughs) relax. And they would be like, this character is a Mary Sue. Like this fan fiction sucks. And I'm like, I am a child. What are you saying? I don't know what you're saying. They're like, the structure doesn't make any sense. And I'm like, I'm a kid. They're like, this is stolen from the original book. I'm like, I know. Yeah, like (laughs) verbatim. I'm I'm a baby. Yeah, (laughs) stop it. Yeah. What? Okay, so some of the reviews would be like actually harsh. Oh, yeah. People would blame me all the time. And they would be like, this is really bad and your grammar sucks. And I would be like, yeah, I'm not finished with my schooling, sir. (laughs) (laughs) I am not even halfway done. Yeah, like I truly have so much left to learn. (laughs) Oh my God. That almost feels worse than like YouTube comments or something where you're like, yeah, I very consciously like made something and put it out there for consumption, whatever. And also, I guess I'm thinking of myself as an adult. Yeah. When you write fan fiction, it's like, aren't we all here for fun? Yes, exactly. Like, aren't we all here for, like, geekery and the highest degree? Like, this is explicitly as far as this thing will go. Yeah. I'm not, like, standing here claiming that I'm... I'm not asking you for a book deal. Yes, like, exactly. I'm, I'm literally a 14-year-old girl, and I just love this book about wizards so much that I'm spending my after-school time to pre- like write myself into it. Yeah, and you're like, <laughs> you suck. Like, yeah, they're like, right. and it's like, okay, thank you, but I didn't let it deter me. <laughs> good, good. Okay, um, so sorry. Yeah, so we were talking about the movies are in full swing, yes. and like that's the next step in fandom. Yeah, so the movies are in full swing. So now I have a lot of like outlets for my Harry Potter stuff. It seems like it's like every six months I'm either getting a movie or a book for a certain period of time. So that's great. It's huge. When the seventh book came out, I am 17, so that's huge. I kind of ended up like lining up in age with Harry, like just about as all of the books were coming out. And I was at a pre college program. Uh, at Penn State and they like had a thing where we could all get the book at midnight because they knew the book was going to come out and I like just stayed in my room the entire day and until like basically all hours until I finished it I like did not interact with anyone else in the program (laughs) I didn't do it I was like I'm gonna sequester myself in my weird fake dorm this is what I want to do yes this is my pre-college program and that's what I would do anytime the book came out I would be like and now for the next until the book is done I'm just in my room finishing the book as quickly as possible wow yeah so you didn't want to savor it it was like let me I'm I gotta I got it this has been a eight-year whatever journey I gotta finish I couldn't have like I was so like I was so pumped when the books came out that there wasn't even I couldn't have stopped reading it. Yeah. If I like I wouldn't have been like, OK, let me put it down. And then tomorrow it's like, no, I'm going to read it until it's done. Yeah. And I'm going to like take the book down to dinner with me and read it at the table and do the whole thing. And like everyone in my family is just going to have to be on board with like the next two days. Yeah. Or however long it would take for me to finish it. This is how it's going to be. Yeah. Okay. So the books end. How long did the... I don't remember how long. It was a couple years, right, that the movies were coming out past the book. because the movies came out, well, at least, like, halfway through when I was in college. And I was at at that, like, 
pre-college program or whatever when the last one came out. So we had like a good maybe three or four years after where the movies were coming out. So then, yeah, all the energy went into the movies. Would go to see the movies. Always went to the midnight premiere. Dressed up. Dressed up. Great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, um, as a character or as a Hogwarts student? Sort of I as myself if I were at Hogwarts was it. always my play. General, it, it was Hermione-esque in that mm-hmm. I have a time turner and I have kind of mm. like curly hair and stuff. So if someone really pressed me, I'd be Hermione. But in my mind, I was my character from that fan fiction. Probably. Yeah, Got I was it. Addie. Got it. Great at Quidditch. So fun. Everyone wants to be your boyfriend. See, that's <laughs> a difference from Hermione. Great at Quidditch. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that was... Um, that was a big, and I would say that my character wasn't as smart as Hermione, but it was still like really smart and good at magic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, so, so actually, you're sort of just a Hermione plus. Yeah, like <laughs> exactly Hermione, but a little bit better. Yeah, Hermione, but always hot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> always like very hot, extremely hot. Okay, I'm sure they're not defined, but are there rules? Are there things that you like do and don't say, or certain kinds of people? Like, oh, if you like this type of fanfic or this character or whatever you are this like type of person or houses like you know what I mean it is interesting because the community is asked to like sort itself yeah into different factions I I feel like it's a very open community just because of how huge it is and because all of us kind of share this thing of like this is a thing we did as kids, you know? So it's like you, it kind of gets you before you can even become a type of person in a way. Like it gets to you early, but it is interesting to see, like having done, uh, I, I used to host the sorting ceremony at PotterCon. Yes. Which was very, very fun. Uh, and I want to know, okay, yes. so we'll get to, but like the sorting ceremony at PotterCon, what did this look like? Was it truly just you had a sorting hat and like was we, someone on a mic? Yes. So I, we would usually have someone mic'd as the sorting hat <laughs> or someone playing Dumbledore. I was just kind of like master of ceremonies in a way. We People would put their names in a Goblet of Fire. I would call their name from the Goblet of Fire. And then we, we had like a series of questions that were like Harry Potter related kind of questions. We would have the audience vote on oh. what house they would be in. Most people make a very obvious play for mm-hmm. the house that they want to be in. Like okay. they specifically, you you can tell based on their answers that they have something that they're going for or they're literally in regalia of that house. Yes. Which so makes, like, please, yes. you see all of my yellow, please yes. which, sort accordingly. Which makes my job easier because I want to put you in the house that you want to be in because I don't like the wrath of people who get... <laughs> who don't get the house that they want to be in. And like the true anger that they express towards me, I don't need. So So there would be people who are like, are you kidding me? Yes. And I'm like, okay, well, we met two seconds ago. You answered one question. I'm really, I'm sorry. Also, just like, don't do what I say then. Yeah. It's like, it's fine. You can make it pretty obvious what house you want to be in if you have a really like, if you have a very strong preference and you want me to sort you in that house, just be like, like, if you really want to be in Slytherin and I'm like, what would you do if you were a wizard? Be like, kill people. And yeah. then I'll be like, okay, I'll be So sounds to me like <laughs> a Slytherin. Or be like, I would read all the books. And then yeah. I'd be like, okay, well, I will put you in Ravenclaw. Yeah. Do, does anyone stand out in your mind as having been like very pissed off? There, <laughs> <laughs> there, were, there have been multiple people who have been visibly pissed off. And there mm-hmm. was one girl who... I did it on stage and I could tell that she wasn't 
like happy about it, but she didn't really like say anything. And then I was doing a, a side show basically where I would sort people on the side and they could play the game and I could do like a lot more people when like something else was going on in the main stage. And she came back and in that interaction one-on-one was visibly angry with me. <laughs> oh no. I was like, I just want to um, do it again. Cause that's like, you said that I was in Hufflepuff and I'm not. And I was just like, okay. Yeah. yeah, cool. But the Great. other thing about Fun. her was that she wouldn't just tell me which one she wanted. Oh, she wanted to be She sorted. wanted me to genuinely sort her into that house. And okay. I'm like, you have to help me. Yeah. Because I'm actually this. just a regular lady. Yeah, <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know what you want. We haven't met. You're not, you're not wearing Harry Potter attire. You're not giving me any guesses yeah you don't want Hufflepuff you're mad at me like so I had to keep guessing and then eventually she wanted to be in Ravenclaw and I was like okay so that's it yeah pop a blue tie on lady yeah let me know I'm happy to help you there yeah but like if you identify a Slytherin they would show up 100% decked out in the Slytherin stuff. Like, okay, see, they that tell doesn't you. surprise me because there it feels, if I had to guess, like there is a defiant pride in being like, I'm Slytherin. Yes, I think that Slytherin, what, what I noticed at PotterCon was that people who identify strongly as Slytherin and people who identify strongly as Hufflepuff really wear the merch yeah, and yeah, the yeah. gear. Like, yeah. they like the gear. And then Ravenclaws will have sort of like a subtle... Mm-hmm. Like a Ravenclaw moment. They'll have like a pin. Yeah. <laughs> Ravenclaw. Just <laughs> a little Ravenclaw They'll moment. They'll have like a Ravenclaw a moment or whatever. And then Gryffindors are usually wearing like, I would say other, ha- they'll have like the tie, but they've also got like kind of an eclectic other Harry Potter stuff on. Yeah. They kind of are into like the other types of merch. Yeah. If like, if that makes sense. That makes complete sense. Yeah. But I was, the Slytherins are decked out 100% mm-hmm. in either like Death Eater, like dark artsy stuff or yep. like Slytherin stuff. And the Hufflepuffs always come with Hufflepuff gear. Yeah. Fully in like the shirt, you've got the tie, you've got like all of this I stuff. I love that because I feel like in some ways, maybe this isn't fair, Hufflepuff is the least not least defined, but it's it's the least, and I'm saying this is a Hufflepuff, the least like sexy of all the yes. houses. So you're like, well, I can at least have the stuff. Yes. And you're like, okay, <laughs> yes. yes, you can. Yeah, yes, I feel like can. I feel like J.K. Rowling tried to do a lot of work after the series came out to be like, no, Hufflepuff is actually cool yeah, and it, fun. It's fun. And I'm like, you gotta put one more fun student in Hufflepuff like you should she should have given Hufflepuff like one more Hufflepuff needed it's Luna Lovegood like Ravenclaw has Luna who is like cool I understand she's like a fleshed out character yes but the only real Hufflepuff I mean right is like Cedric Cedric Diggory who dies who dies and even before he dies is he's just supposed like he's brave he's nobody's favorite character no you like Cedric we yeah. all like Cedric, but but he's nobody's favorite character, and that's the thing is like Ravenclaw got at least one like legitimate yeah. potential favorite character. Yes, you for can love Luna. You, you can, can identify with Luna. Yeah, and I think that that's what Hufflepuff is lacking is it's Luna. I, I Tonks agree. was technically a Hufflepuff, but I don't. You don't associate Tonks. No, with I don't Hufflepuff at all. House. You she, need a student. Yes, exactly. She's not in. You don't even really associate her with Hogwarts. The adults. No. It's like. Yeah, you vaguely know they all went there, but they're adults. They're yeah. not 
playing Quidditch. They're not. Yeah, it's, exactly. It's like a fun fact to know what the adult's house was. But you need what what Hufflepuff really lacked was like a student, a student leader. <laughs> it's true, like a standard bearer. Like, yes. yes. OK, we can all rally behind Luna. We can rally behind. I mean, I guess you could rally behind Snape. Like, is yeah. that? Yeah. If you're Slytherin, that's maybe who you're like. That's, yeah. Or. Yeah. I mean, he's like the big Slytherin good guy, I yeah. guess. But I kind of. Some of the Snape and Lily stuff, personally, to me, I'm like, like, you need to calm down yeah. with Lily. Yeah. <laughs> she doesn't like you. She wasn't into it. She wasn't into Clearly it. And like, wasn't into and it. And, like, you definitely had, like, her son and her baby killed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that isn't cool. Yeah, that's not great. <laughs> yeah, and I'm I'm glad you feel bad about it. It's, yeah. good. it's really good that you feel bad about uh-huh, it. But you still did it. You <laughs> still definitely did it. Uh-huh. And you kind of only felt bad about it when you found out that she might also be killed and then you would lose your potential girlfriend. Yeah. yeah. When your weird kind semi yeah. semi plot to yeah. Yeah. Kill to win your girl to win a girlfriend by just killing her actual husband. Yes. <laughs> like, Snape did do good in this world, but he has, I'll say it, incel energy. <laughs> big incel big energy. Incel energy. Well, this is so I feel that Snape in the books, big time incel yes. energy. And Alan Rickman, I think, tempers that yes. in the movies. Yes. But in the books, you're just like ooh, uh ooh. Yeah. Huh. You're obsessive. Yes. And it is like also, if he feels that bad, why are you so mean to her child? Yeah. For no reason. Unbelievably mean. So mean. Try to fail him. Try to keep him from from getting into your class so he can't get, like yeah. be an R. Like, what's going on with you, what buddy? Is, yeah. You should be extra nice to him. Yes, but it is the incel energy of just like, yes. you want this so badly that you're mean to it? Yeah. Like, I, what the fuck? Fuck psychology. How dare you that? end up with Chad? Like, it's, yeah. that's like fully what it is. I'm a nice guy. Why? Just because I tried to kill your husband, I'm not nice? Like, <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. just because I called you the most derogatory term that exists for a type of person yeah. like you in front of everyone at our school, you don't want to be my girlfriend? Yeah, oh, friend zone. Like, okay. <laughs> it's like, okay, dude. So I want to take a break right here. When we come back, we're going to dive into politics and cartoon president and your live shows. But first, a quick little pee break. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. All right, and we're back, and we're going to dive into the work, to the comedy 
to everything, but also still Harry Potter. We're going to talk about Harry Potter. I want to shift gears slightly. Yes. So you voice Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. I do. On Cartoon President. I do. Which is very cool. It is very fun. Um, And I want to know how you feel, because I feel like in the past three days, I've seen this a lot on Twitter. So that's my into like talking about slightly about politics, yes. about all the like Elizabeth Warren equals Hermione stuff. Yes. I, I've seen a lot of a lot of it and then a lot of backlash to it. And I am sorting through. I honestly just haven't given myself enough time to be like, what do I agree? agree with what part I don't know I think that the backlash is that people are people outside of the Harry Potter fandom or Harry Potter people are just annoyed with comparing Harry Potter Harry Potter to politics Mm -hmm. in general yeah and it's like I get it but also like I want to so yeah (laughs) I understand like I both understand the actual complexities of the issues of the day and 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 like feel for them on a real level and like think about them intellectually and have fun comparing them to this like silly series from my youth that is all about like I don't know like empowerment and like triumphing over evil and sometimes it like when the election happened and all that stuff sometimes it felt good for me to be like I'm in Dumbledore's army. Yeah. It made me feel nice. Well, I think it gave there's me comfort. Yeah. It's like there's something about there's a reason why even as an adult, you can acknowledge, OK, well, that's not how the world functions. But like these stories are helpful and comforting. Yes. And like it's fun. And also, I don't know if that's like the thing that inspires you to be like, yeah, I'm going to go out and do a little more and try a little harder. Like who's to say that that's not valid? Exactly. Exactly. And like there it is a kids series. Sure. Uh, yeah, I have read other books. I didn't like them as much, <laughs> but I've read them. I've tried. I've tried reading other books. Thank you, Twitter. But <laughs> but like there are themes in it that are analogous to yeah. what happens today. And I do think that the Liz Warren Hermione comparison is analogous in that like 100%. here you have this girl who is overprepared. Yep. Like ready for everything. She's got her hand up in the air. She knows yeah. what to do. And she's not playing the game that so many women are asked to play, which is just like, yeah, yeah, we know that you're the smartest in the class, but like give the other kids a chance. Yeah, but maybe pretend. And also, because I feel like some of the backlash is like, people mean this in a derogatory way almost. Like people mean it as like, but I feel like when people say it, they're actually talking about it of the totality. Like they're talking about it in a nuanced way of like, Hermione always faced people like thinking she was annoying. People being like, people brushing her off. People being like, oh, so annoying that she has her hand raised, all this stuff. And then just like not letting any of that get to get to her and consistently crushing it and like, like saying no to all the haters or whatever. And I see that in Elizabeth Warren too. Like, yes. So many people being like, is it, you know, is it too much that she has all these plans? Is she too smart? Is like, she what are you talking, <laughs> what are you about? talking about? She knows all the spells. We yeah. need her. On the politics end. Yes. So if you had to sort, I want to sort. Okay. We'll start with Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, but I want to sort some of the Democratic candidates because we the past two nights have been Democratic debates, mm-hmm. um, primary debates. So I let's start with AOC. Yes. What house do you think she is? Okay. I feel like she, I'm going to put her in Gryffindor because Great. of her like taking on the man and fighting and, you know, like saying stuff that you're not supposed to say totally. and doubling down on all of that. I think just to have done the primary that she did and defeat Joe Crowley took a lot of courage. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to put her, I mean, I think she has some Ravenclaw tendencies for sure. And that she's a very smart person, but she's also really, I think part of being a Gryffindor is also being like 
gregarious and open. Yeah. So I think like her tendency to do like the Insta stories where she talks to everyone and all that stuff, like that's very Gryffindory feels Gryffindor. to me as I well. Agree. And also like getting there and immediately making like a pack of like fun, cute friends that you're all gonna wear like blazers and like mm-hmm. hang out with like <laughs> the you know, social aspect. Yeah, exactly. Feels, with her and like Rashida yeah. Tlaib and Ilhan Omar and Ayanna Presley just like hanging out and like yeah. creating a little crew is very Gryffindor to me as well. <laughs> okay, great. She's a Gryffindor. What about um Beto O'Rourke, where are we putting Beto? <laughs> I don't know. I'm getting a Hufflepuff. I was just gonna say we'll take energy. I think yeah. we're seeing. Yeah, he's a Hufflepuff. Yeah, I think also. Yeah, watching his like campaign and sort of his like good-hearted but misguided mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> things that have happened on his campaign. Here, Beto. I yeah. think come from a Hufflepuffy. Yeah, place. I did get the vibe. A little bit watching the debate that as much as I believe he wants to be president, there was a part of him that's like, this is kind of a lot. Oh, man, it would be better if I was at home right now. (laughs) Yeah, like, like, oh, that I I could be on my couch and that would be I really like my house. And I think what people liked about him was he seems friendly. Yeah. He seems like a friendly normal. It's like, yeah, yeah, normal. Yeah. And the politics scale, you're like normal dude. Yes. Great. So I think I think I'll I'll put him in Hufflepuff. Oh, welcome, Beto. Okay, what about um, Kamala Harris? Ooh, tough. Kamala. See, this is the tough thing about politics because I feel the same way about Kamala as I think you were saying about AOC. Where yes. I'm like, remove the politics, and I think Kamala is a Ravenclaw. Yes, I don't know, but you add in the like need to be social and political. I do feel like why I'm leaning Ravenclaw is mm-hmm. because after because I just watched. This will come out later, but I watched the debate yeah. last night. Last, yes, yes, yes. Um, she has the, like, cool, calm, Ravenclaw, like, detached, like, I'm actually looking at this situation intellectually. I'm putting all the puzzle pieces together, and I'm responding with, like, facts. Like, like last night at the debate, she had this, like, way of, like, keeping herself removed from the fray that had very Ravenclaw-ish energy to me. The dark side of that is, like, a lot of Ravenclaws left the battle because they're, like— they like left Hogwarts for the battle because they're like, I don't need, I'll sit back and like watch what's going to happen. Which I don't think that Kamala has like that energy, but she was able to like detach herself and like watch and kind of play chess a little bit in a way that I feel. That's what it was. She has that, it's like that lawyerly prosecutorial, I am very logical, I can, yes. But she is playing like three-dimensional chess in a way that other people are getting passionate and Mm -hmm. she's sort of like, I know before you even speak what yes. my in is going to be. Where I think a Gryffindor, the the Gryffindor thing and the big like Gryffindor failing that Harry had is like getting too hot headed, freaking yeah. yourself out, like barreling through because you're like, I got to do something about this right now. Which like, you know, I feel like the times that AOC has like made mistakes or whatever, it was coming from like passion or like, you know, she's, she's speaking extemporaneously. She's passionate. She's doing yeah. all these things. So it's like, I think that Kamala is able to, like, keep that Ravenclaw cool distance. I completely agree. Mm -hmm. Okay, then that's a good segue to her last one, Bernie. So everything about Vermont says to me Hufflepuff. (laughs) Like, Vermont (laughs) is a state of Hufflepuffs. Vermont is a state of Hufflepuffs. Bernie gives me some Gryffindor energy, too, because he's been he's been fighting the good fight for a long, long time. And he's like he's like gotten arrested and stuff. Yeah. You know, and like said said things that weren't popular when it was, like, not as easy to say them. Agree. Socially, I 
<laughs> I feel that he's a Hufflepuff. Yeah. Bernie More. is like, um, he might be a Gryffindor who's going to like retire to Hufflepuff. Yes. He's like, yes. Like he was a Gryffindor in Hogwarts, but he's, he's going to be in Hufflepuff retirement yeah. now. Yeah. Yes. Like maybe he'll go back and be a professor and. But he'll and he'll like hang with the Hufflepuff kids, yeah, and like feel more of a kinship with yeah. them and yeah. stuff. But yeah, I feel like maybe he his youth youthful Bernie is in Gryffindor, and now in his older age, he's like retired into more of a Hufflepuff energy. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Okay. So on cartoon president, yes. is there when you are doing voicing AOC? Mm-hmm. Is there anything in particular that you like tap into about her? Did you watch a bunch of her talking? Like, is there something? Yeah, like a word or a phrase that helps you feel like okay now I got her I've watched a lot of her talking I think I think one part of the reason I got um I got the job is because I think we actually sound very similar in general she gets like this when she's like gonna be angry and it's like I don't think so yeah I don't think so like she you can like hear it goes a little higher in her voice when she's being passionate and she has like a little like almost a little like gravel in there which I like Uh, but I do anytime a video of her comes up like telling people off on the floor. Those are the ones that I really like to watch. And then I'll just, honestly, I'll just repeat what she said back yeah. to the camera, like to, to it a couple of times and like listen to myself saying it just to like try to get compare. myself in there and compare and practice. Cool. But I don't think so is one of her big yeah, things yeah, that yeah. she says a lot. That does when you're saying it. I'm just like, I don't know where, but I've heard her, you seen her do that before. So yeah. many times. Yeah, yeah. That's her big. Yeah. I don't think so. <laughs> and it is, it is very effective. Like, um, at just sort of shutting you down mm-hmm. where it's just like, okay. <laughs> like, yeah. also, you're right. also when she's talking, she, she has a lot of, uh, and, um, moments, but she's going, she, mm-hmm. she mm-hmm. just keeps speaking. She doesn't yeah. she, like, you know, Obama was known for like the very like pause mm-hmm. way of talking. And hers is very like, I'm on a roll. I'm talking. I'm mm-hmm. going to keep talking. It's like, I'm waiting for the brain. Yes. Like I'm waiting for the word part of my brain to catch up with the idea part. Yes. Not, I'm not pausing for like dramatic effect here. Yes. I'm just like wait, waiting a, a split second. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. And also uh, the last thing I want to talk about is you host a show Mm -hmm. that I love called Roast of Your 15-Year-Old Self. Yes. Which you've been on. I have. Yes. Yeah. Roasting myself. (laughs) So how much does Potter factor into that? And do you feel that your 15-year-old self deserves to be roasted for how much you were invested in Harry Potter? So I read the fanfic. I read excerpts from the Mm fanfiction at the show. Mm -hmm. Um, so Potter definitely factors in. I think, you know, honestly, do, through doing the show, I have come to love all of the things I roast about 15-year-old Elise. So, like, I find it adorable yeah. now that I'm that invested. And I see a through line to, like, stuff that I do later. Like, yeah, you're spending hours that you should be doing your homework writing this Harry Potter fan fiction, but you're going to become a comedy writer later who like writes her own characters and shows and writes plays and like all this stuff. And it's going to come from this fan fiction that adult 30 year olds flamed you. For yeah. Where are you now? So it's like, it's interesting to do the show because when I first started doing it, I think a lot of the things that I talked about on the show genuinely embarrassed me. And it was like tough to bring, it was tough to bring them up. And now I like, well, also I've seen so many other people's embarrassing things, which are amazing and hilarious. And I have learned to love them so much. And I've seen, you know, cause I'm 29 now. So it's been 10 over 10 years since I've been that girl. And I've seen how that girl became me and how there are so many threads of like 
that weird person in who I am now and I really like who I am now. So it's I've like learned to really embrace her through roasting her, I would say. Um, well, speaking of wizard children at school, guys, <laughs> the next roast of your 15-year-old self is August 7th at 8 p.m. at Union Hall yes. in New York City. And everyone should go check it out. Also, watch Cartoon President. Watch for AOC. And you know what? Watch the primary debates. Engage with your yes, democracy. Yes, I, think that's, I think that's important, please too. Vote. <laughs> yeah, vote. Engage. Um, and thanks so much for doing it. Yeah, this is so much fun. Yeah. Thanks for having me. 